my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, welcome to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast. Today, you're in for a treat. You get all three of us again, finally, which we're super excited about. I'm coming to you from Cape Town, South Africa. Jeff is in Colombia. Diego, you're still in Namibia, right? Still in Namibia, yeah, for a few okay, more days. still in Namibia. We're all over the place today. And today we're talking about top safest destinations to go to as a digital nomad. We're super excited to give you a lot of nuances today because so many times if you search for a list of top safest countries, it's going to be really different than top safest specific towns or cities, locations where digital nomads actually are. And even within those places, there's a lot of nuances of where to stay and caveats of what is safe and what is not. So we're going to go and give you the download today. Any thoughts, guys, before we jump in? Yeah, I think it's really important that we add that context because when you say, when you look up a list that says top safest countries, an example we we're talking about earlier, one of the ones that's going to pop up is Colombia, right? And Colombia is a big country with a lot of cities and a lot of sections within that city. Similar to probably any city that you live in now, there are just certain areas that you don't go. So fortunately, we have context into like we've lived in these cities and we can tell you this part of the city is very, very safe. This part of the city you probably shouldn't walk towards or you should be careful in at night. So we're going to try to give you the context as to where to go, where not to go, specifically in those cities from personal experience. All right, perfect. Diego, anything to add before we start? Yeah, maybe maybe just another little nuance to that. We It's, it's not just sort of our experience that we're kind of pulling into this, but rather we you know, we travel with with groups of people, and sometimes up to twenty five people at a time, and that uh, means that this is these are all of the collective experiences that we're pulling together from all these different people, and and you know what they actually see on the ground, how they feel, um, how they interact with with locals, and if anything ever happens, right? So it really is almost like this amplified, real life on the ground perspective of a destination. Plus, then obviously understanding what the general vibe of one of these places is like, because we'll also do our research and our due diligence. In, in our case, you know, with Wi-Fi Travel, as we organize these trips, we have to do that in order to decide whether we're going to go to a place in the first place or not. So yeah, kind of pulling all of that together, it's, uh, as you'll see, it's a combination of research, lots of experience, and basically just living in a place and understanding it. Perfect. All right. With that being said, if you're listening, we're going to kind of chunk these into kind of continent by continent. So we're going to start with South Central America area and Antigua, Guatemala is first on our list. So this one might surprise you because there's many places in Guatemala that you'll research, read about Guatemala City, places like that, that are definitely not the safest places that we'd recommend. But Antigua is a little bit different. Diego and I have both spent a decent amount of time there. I'm going to kick it off to you, Diego, to start about why do you feel Antigua safe? And I will add a little context as a as a female, but go for it first. Awesome. Yeah. So spent two months in Antigua last year with, again, it was a group. I mean, totally must have been about 40, 50 people there. 
And it's a really interesting one because if you look online and just check what's the safety like in Guatemala in general, um, more often than not, you'll see that people generally or, or even governmental organiz- organizations will rate Guatemala as less safe compared to many other countries. And that's because Guatemala City actually is a very unsafe place. Yeah, really so much so that you know when we arrived and weren't fully aware of Guatemala City, Guatemala City safety, later on we researched it and we, we realized we were being stupid of just walking around the, the area, right? But Antigua is, is very different to that. Antigua is, is a, it's, it's an old town. It's beautiful. It's, it's one of my favorite destinations when it comes to, to sort of this kind of lifestyle in general. But everything's walkable. You, you get around really quickly and it's their main tourist destination. Like they're very aware of the importance of Antigua as a tourist spot. And so there's a lot more police control and just making sure that these kind of things don't happen there, right? So we've also not had a single report of anything bad happening while we were there, you know, even, even anecdotal from sort of um, other people that were there as well. And obviously within our group, also nothing nothing happened there. And everybody felt comfortable in terms of walking around and getting around in the city. So that was yeah. my experience. But I know, Marissa, you had sort of like a, you know, slightly different vibe of it. Yeah, slightly different, very close. During the day, I felt 100% safe walking absolutely everywhere. There's, You'll find in Antigua, there's sort of a, a square of main sort of area and activity where people are mostly out and about. Our house that we stayed at was slightly outside of that square. So there was times walking alone at night where I'd get past a certain point in those last couple blocks to my house. I was definitely on edge a little bit. Like I would walk back, but I would definitely prefer to be, at least even if I was with one girlfriend, like a friend with with anybody, I definitely felt safer because it, it was really dark. There's not many streetlights and things like that. So yeah, overall, definitely a great place to go. And I would say even Lake Atitlan, that's not on here as well, but there's other little nomad communities. The Wi-Fi is not as great. I think give it, give it a couple of years. It's going to be a bigger nomad hotspot. And that felt cute and safe too. But that's our thoughts on Guatemala. Let's move on to Puerto Escondido, Mexico. And I'll kick this off to you too, because everyone tells me it's going to be my favorite spot, but I still haven't been shockingly. So I'll let you two cover it. It's a beach. It's hot. <laughs> There's sand. It's going to get everywhere. What else do you need to know, Marissa? I've Nothing checked else. every box. I've checked every box that you've got, haven't I? Yeah, it's going to be your favorite. Yeah. It's it's up and coming. It's I mean, it's still dirt roads. Let's back up a little bit and give maybe a geography of the landscape a little bit. So you've got Puerto Escondido, which includes a couple main areas, which is uh, what, Zigatela, which includes a little bit more of the uh, the older part of town. And then you've got, who's it? La Punta? Diego, help me out on that one. It's like the point where everything is. Yeah. La Punta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's where you're going to find. Okay. So this is a little, it's like an emerging, it kind of follows this path of backpackers starting a place and then some hippies come in and then a few people show up with laptops. It's like watching the progression of a, of a local bar. And then all of a sudden it turns into a digital nomad, a hotspot. It's like in that in-between phase right now where it's in between like the hippie backpacker and the digital nomad kind of thing. <laughs> And that's all you're going to find, really. I mean, it's it's just really the, the biggest fear that you're going to find is there's going to be a whole bunch of hemp backpacks all over the place. So <laughs> from my perspective, any time at night, totally safe, other than there are some wild dogs around there. From a human level, I didn't run into any problems. I wouldn't foresee running into any problems unless there's some major changes in the future and a bit, big influx of people, which I don't imagine is going to happen because it's a pretty small area. Diego? Yeah, that's that's a good point. It, it, it could so it, it's up and coming, right? So some things could change. There's a 
a major international development, uh, sorry, international airport. I think they wanted to build, or at least a, a much bigger airport they wanted to build out. So that's going to change things. There's a main road that's going that's being built out from Oaxaca, Oaxaca City, right? Big places well over to there. So a lot of stuff that, that could be happening. And I did hear since we were there last time, a lot had changed. So obviously with this kind of change, it also kind of shines a spotlight onto a destination like that. And, you know, obviously crime rate can also increase because people say, well, now there's money that's moving over into this area. So that's just the thing to be aware of. The thing you mentioned about the dogs, I think is the most relevant one. We've had somebody in our group being bitten by a dog um, while they were there, and then they had to get their rabies shots. My girlfriend, you know, f- was surrounded by seven dogs somewhere in, in an alley. Like, it's a whole different level of, like, you feel like uh, yeah. dogs really rule the place. So that part can be a little bit scary or frightening. Maybe just pre- prepare for that. But, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of it. Very chill. I felt like I was in high school walking from home from school, and I was, like, skipping blocks because the bullies were on that block. I knew that the dogs were waiting for me on this one block. So at night I'd sneak around the other side. And, exactly. Okay. So it, in terms of safety, it's a consideration. Dog safety. <laughs> they're not going to, they're not going to rob you. Also a note. There was another person I know that got bit there. As a matter of fact, worth noting for people, you could get bit by yeah. a dog. However, comes um, out. the Mexican government has said that they've eradicated all cases of rabies and they don't, and they said, like, if you go to a hospital, they won't give you shots the majority of the time because they say that they have eliminated rabies. So if you are perfect of rabies, Let's go get bit that's what, yeah. All right. I'll bite you in yeah. the leg and we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and we need to do a separate podcast episode on your childhood, Jeff. Like, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Just one? <laughs> this is going to be a mini series. All right. We've got a lot to cover. We already ten have part, to, ten part we already, series. I want one do, for every year of your life. We have, to do mis- elect- we have to do electrician. We have to do mosquito exterminator. We have to do ayahuasca. There's a lot to unpack there, guys. You know, and the bullies. The bullies. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got to go all the way back to those, too. Indeed. We've, we've got Puerto Escondido. I'm going to kick it to you guys for Cusco. Perfect. I've actually only been to Cusco for a short time, kind of on a a not nomading on a trip in Peru to Machu Picchu. Diego, how much time have you spent in Cusco? I would say similar. I mean, we were nomading there in in Lima. Yeah. And we did spend a little bit more time in Cusco. We are actually doing a trip there really soon. I think in a month we're going to be going over there. That'll be the second time that we're going to Cusco. So yeah, clearly, you know, from an organizational perspective, we consider the place to be pretty safe. And there was nothing that ever happened with that that group of people there as well. It's also more of a walkable place. Yeah. I mean, keep your wits about you as with all Latin American cities, really there are areas that, that are okay and safe to be in. There are other areas that you want to, you want to avoid. And especially, you know, walking around alone at night in a dark alleyway in general, obviously, you know, same as with, with any other place in Cusco, I would certainly also not recommend that. But apart from that, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's a place that is so important for the tourism yeah. um, of the country that they're, they're very careful to make sure that it is a safe place. And that's actually quite different to to Lima. We've heard a lot more just anecdotally from um, Lima not being such a safe place in comparison. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of countries, uh, some of them won't make our list here just because they're not digital nomad hotspots. But some countries are so strict on just not having crime, not having tourism, that it really is like I think about Oman, Diego, of like 
rules. Like, you know, it's, it, there's no nomad community almost there, but it was so safe for that reason of like, I feel like the government and people there, it's like crime is bad. Like do not do these things. And it was so safe walking around, just not a nomad spot, but it's interesting that Cusco, absolutely, some of those touristy places generally are safe because they don't want to ruin touristy destinations because they need that money. So not as much context from us there, but Cusco is number three on that list. Let's move on to Bocas del Toro, Panama. Uh, some funky little islands, Caribbean islands, uh, almost near Costa Rica. Diego, I'll kick it back to you to start, and then I can chime in as well. Awesome. Yeah, spent spent some time there, I think maybe four years ago or so, four or five years ago. So some things would have changed, but it's tiny. Yeah, It doesn't really evolve very quickly. <laughs> and it, it's one of those that early on was a bit of a nomad nomad hotspot, or at least it had, it had a name in the, in the nomad scene. And I feel like it's never really moved from there. So it's kind of like a low-key nomad um, destination. So I also don't think that it's exploded in, in, in any way. So certainly a cool place to check out. Caribbean dream, like there's houses on stilts on the ocean. You absolutely have to check that place out. And if you do go, it has probably my favorite quad biking adventure ever in the world, which is saying a lot because I do quad bike adventures everywhere. We literally just went sand dune quad biking here in, in Namibia. I am way off track and off topic. So let me find back to safety. The only thing that probably would happen to you there is that you would fall off a quad bike and potentially <laughs> break it home. But now there's, it's a tiny place. I don't imagine there being any, any safety concerns there. Yeah. Maybe stray dogs. Who yeah, <laughs> knew the, the dogs are at the top? Uh, I have to add a dog category episode. of dog safety. Yeah. You know, dog safety around the world. And also an episode of Diego's top quad biking locations around the world. There's hey, why not? <laughs> Sign me yes. up. I'm a subscriber. Yeah. But Bocas is interesting. So there's the main island of Bocas. I actually, I spent um, a little over three weeks there, but I was living in Bostimentos. It's a tiny, tiny little island with, it's called Red Frog Beach. There's like one big beach. There was almost maybe two restaurants, three hotels. It was super small. So I was felt very safe on my tiny little island walking around everywhere, but I didn't spend as much time at night in the main area of Bocas. But I know it's tons of backpackers and just a generally, generally safe little towns. With that, Jeff, we're going to kick it over to you next for San Cristobal, Mexico. A little bit under the radar, San Cristobal de las Casas, down in Chiapas. It's maybe a two, three hour drive from Guatemala. Bit of an up and coming type of digital nomad hotspot. Again, kind of in that range of it started off as, as just like a general backpacker type of area. And it's starting to evolve into digital nomad spot you can see it happening as wi-fi speeds start to increase they've got a co-working space there all of a sudden that said it's a little bit removed from everything it's up in the mountainside you're you're probably at about 2500 3000 meters so you actually have to drive there from the airport about an hour an hour away so it is very much a destination to get there but it's turned into quite a nomad spot and one of the reasons why is because it's this very colonial city. You can walk the whole thing in, I don't know, maybe like an hour and a half or so, and you can do so safely. The people there are just naturally happy, right? You're walking down the street and you're not looking at people that are kind of like staring at you or, you know, you don't feel like you're in any danger. You're passing strangers that are smiling at you, which immediately sets you off guard. And I've walked around at night. Some of our female companions have walked around at night with zero problem, zero considerate, not even a, an inkling of of danger there. So it, again, very highly recommended. There are no sections in the city where it actually felt unsafe. The entire thing is almost kind of a 
feels like a drop in anywhere, set it and forget it and just live comfortably there kind of place. Really, really special place worth checking out and, and very up and coming and very affordable. That's awesome. All right. Next on there for both of you boys, and I actually haven't spent time in this area, is Oaxaca, Mexico as well. Awesome. Yeah. Oaxaca is a really, really cool, cool spot as well. It's very, very traditional in Mexico and, and it has a very specific type of food that you will find only in that region. It's the, all the moles, all the different, all those different sauces. So yeah, go there also if you can for the day. That might be a, the less safe time <laughs> if that's your priority because there's just a lot going on. It's a, it's a big festival basically like Halloween, but, but yeah, the Mexican version of it, really awesome. Yeah. So for Oaxaca, I would say it's, it's, it, it felt super safe to walk around, but really dependent on the areas of town that you were that you were walking in there are there are sort of the more the more touristy areas are going to be the areas where maybe more of the hotels are where the restaurants are where Mm -hmm. the where the cafes are those areas all felt good but i did also have conversations with locals and where they they would tell us like look this area maybe maybe don't go there at night or don't go there alone right so as with maybe many places and or most places in, in mexico there there if you do it wrong there can be a little bit of risk around the wrong corner Right. So that's just something to be aware of. Yeah, exactly. And to add to that point, Oaxaca, beautiful city. The food is unparalleled. Like you're looking at a culinary heaven. You're going to get all the moles. You're going to get all that kind of stuff. I would say I spent a good six, seven weeks there or so. If you stay in like the central area. So all you have to do is pull up your Google Maps and you see all the areas in yellow. Right. I don't even need to draw this out in the show notes or anything. If you see the areas in yellow, you're going to see Centro and then you're going to see Reforma. And either one of those areas I've and both of those areas I've walked and lived at during day and night and never ran into any problems. So I've felt very, very comfortable there. However, as with everywhere, do keep your wits about you and don't walk around waving your cell phone around or your, your laptop bag. Don't leave your laptop bag unattended when you're, when you're working, that kind of thing. Just basic kind of things. But for the most part, we've included in this list because we've lived there and we haven't had problems of note. So highly recommend. With that, let's go. Are we going to jump into Europe, Marissa? Where do we want to go next? I'm going to do one last one we added here, which is Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And this one has some caveats, but I also think it's interesting, just as you guys have named a couple different places in Mexico, if you Google um, a list of safe countries, Mexico as a whole is definitely not going to be on that list. I know so many people, especially coming from Europe, have all these connotations of how dangerous Mexico is. And so with all of these, I think, listen, one, when you're in a place, there's certain locations to be, certain towns, and even within a town and a city, certain streets not to go on, as is everywhere, probably in the location that you live as well. So I just wanted to kind of point that out. I wanted to add Playa del Carmen to this list because I have felt, it's one of my favorite places, I have felt really safe walking alone at night to my home, which is not always the case in a lot of places that I am. And the caveat here is, ironically, most most of the time, a female is going to feel more unsafe than males in a lot of locations. A lot of things have happened in Playa. And in my to my knowledge, everyone I know personally, it's always been things that have happened to my male friends. And that has mostly been by police that are corrupt and or some sort of like drug situations where my guy friend might have been walking down the street, gets cornered by a couple people. So there is 
there are, you know, there are places that are unsafe. There are people who do get beaten up, who that, you know, things will get stolen or shaken down for money on oddly as a female, I've never felt that there. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in as, as a twist because it's really unusual. And depending on where you stay, if you're kind of outside of a certain block, you know, certain block radius there, it might not feel so safe to walk home alone at, you know, midnight. But if you're in some of these main areas, there's a big main touristy street. There's like a whole zone of hotels. And then what's called Fifth Ave is right behind that. And it is like popping till late at, you know, two, three, four in the morning sometimes with vendors and people walking around mm. and all sorts of tourists. And where you live as a nomad is actually a couple blocks away from that. So if you're staying nearby, it actually feels really safe to me. And that is changing. I know I have a lot of friends who have been living there the past year who are starting to say, as males especially, it's feeling more and more and more unsafe. But I just wanted to kind of throw it in. Because these are the things you're not going to read about in blogs. Mm -hmm. These are just real stories, real nuances. But I wanted to throw that there before we move to Europe. Yeah, I want to. I want to throw in one more curveball too, just just because Mexico City gets such a bad rap. And anytime, anytime I mention that I'm going to Mexico City to anybody that's never been there, they immediately think danger. They think cartels. They think that I'm going to get kidnapped and tossed away. Yeah, and it, it gets a really bad rap because there are parts in Mexico City, there are like little oases, perfect little oases yeah. that are very, very safe. Sure, it's a huge city. There's like 25 million people there, and there are bad parts for sure. But when you get into some of the parts like Condesa and Hipodromo and then Roma Norte, like all those areas there, I've lived and I've actually walked down the street holding my phone out in my hand with my mm -hmm. latte in my other hand without mm -hmm. a care, without a care in the world. I, I, we do not. Condone this or recommend this, by the way, guys. Just in case you're listening, that is really important. Just don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. I'm an I'm an idiot. Just, all right, just caveat that I am an idiot. However, like <laughs> mentally, I would feel okay doing that. Don't do that. But I, I would say that just in defense of Mexico City, because this will come up constantly, and people will avoid Mexico City because of what they read. I've been there a lot of times, and these particular areas are particular little like safe havens. Of course caveat always do be careful be cognizant of everything but these little areas i've probably never felt safer yeah and this should be a caveat again none of this is not legal advice but again use your yeah. own wits about you everywhere you go you know there's there's crime everywhere that's the thing there's petty crime there's oh. more crime there's you know guns in the u.s all the time they're shooting so again everything is relative but we just wanted to kind of share our Right. Our experiences with you. I could yeah. tell you. Yeah, exactly. I could tell you San Cristobal is safe. And then, I, you know, I've gone home. The only point, the only time in my life I've actually been in physical danger was in my hometown where I got held up at knife point, which is theoretically one of the mm -hmm. safest places on a list that you'll find online. Right. Really. So, so right. really, we need to take this as kind of anecdotal types of discussions and advice because, yeah, you can be anywhere can be dangerous and we're just going to give you broad swaths of stuff and we hope that this is helpful yeah i went back to back to germany on that note and within like two months two weeks of being there somebody broke into our house stole three three macbooks and like, can happen anywhere you know this is the tiniest sleepiest little town in germany yeah, yeah it makes absolutely no sense so it's it's just this great reminder that we have this idea of like the, the world is 
is a, is a crazy place that we should be afraid of. But but realistically, like it, it's just a matter of comparing it to what you know from home mm-hmm. and remembering that no matter where you are in the world, there are going to be there's going to be an element of risk, and that certain areas are safer than than others, and that's really what you're optimizing for. And then how you behave. And I was an idiot there in Germany. We we took a, a few risks with that. The way, the way that you behave ultimately is going to make the, the a massive difference in terms of how safe you are. We've now I've been traveling forever. I mean, I've been traveling practically all my life, but really actively in the last six, seven years. And as I was traveling, nothing, nothing ever, you know, knock on wood, nothing. So it's, it's again, yes, it's anecdotal, but at the same time, once you've experienced enough of it, you realize that you really can take care of yourself very well. Perfect. All right. With that said, yeah, Central South America can get a bad rap for safety and danger. So hopefully that gave you some good starting points. There's so many other places now that we're comfortable that we will dive into that are quote unquote, not as safe, a little edgier. Those can be another podcast another day. But again, if you're listening, these are great starter locations if safety is a big concern for you. So let's Hop on over to Europe as our next continent. If you look at a list of safest countries, a lot of the, you know, Europe as a whole is going to feel safer. It's going to make more of those lists, but we want to focus on not just the safest countries in the world, but again, these digital nomad little hubs that feel safe. So Grand Canaria is the first one on the list. I've only been for a couple days before a nomad event. So Diego, I know you've spent more extended time there kind of nomading. What was your experience like there? Yeah. And, and again, we had a, we had a group there, 20, 25 people, again, I think something like that. Nobody had any concerns about safety. It was very, very comfortable to just be walking around at night. They have a, you know, one of those bike systems that you rent and you bike around everywhere. Honestly, like safety was never, I think, on anybody's, on anybody's mind as we were there. So quite, quite simply felt super safe there. Perfect. I guess that's a simple one then. Let's do split Croatia next. Have either of you, I've been for, again, a couple days on a quicker road trip. Diego, I know, have you spent more time there? Have you been to Croatia? Yeah, yeah. In Croatia in general, so spent a month there as well early on when we started started all this traveling. And then also obviously spent some time in Split specifically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also a, a pretty safe place. I've never really felt like there was there was much danger around. Honestly, it also doesn't really have a reputation of having any any issues in the in the nomad community either. So I'm um, also quite, quite, quite simple there. It's been a while ago, so unless something significantly changed, but no, that's, yeah. that's kind of it. It's a cute little town. It felt safe to me as well. All right. So yeah, Europe's quicker. There's fewer caveats, I feel like, to these locations. We're like pretty much safe, but Barcelona's next on the list. We did have a little bit of a caveat here. So maybe Jeff, kick it off with your experience and we'll let Diego sort of chime in here. My experience was I felt very, very safe with the the kind of looming backdrop of this is an enormous city. It's it's really, really big. Um, it would take you a long time to walk. So I I knew as I was walking around, like I, I never felt unsafe, but I knew that there had to be probably areas that I shouldn't go. And I probably should have done my research a little bit more because I know it's it's also can be very touristy in you can run into uh, probably some opportunistic crime, which Diego might be able to com- comment on too, which is basically pickpockets, people, people taking your types, t- taking your stuff. So that I believe can't exist there, but my experience was nothing, but it felt pretty safe. Like I, I just walked down the streets alone at night during the day and didn't run into any, any problems though. I only stayed in two neighborhoods. So I, I can't add a whole lot of context because it's just so big. Yeah. 
Okay, so generally speaking, you know, big city things apply, and then again, European massive uh, tourist destination situations apply, which is primarily yeah. going to be opportunistic theft, as you mentioned there, Jeff. My personal experience of this place is it felt like I constantly had to watch out for my belongings mm. in my pockets. Uh, Barcelona has a, a really big reputation for pickpocketing, unfortunately, and it's not just one of those things that you just kind of hear about or read about. I, I know of several stories from friends, so you know, when you hear several stories that come to you from people that you know, it's it's a theme, right? There's a pattern. You realize that when that's happening, it's likely that it actually does really happen mm -hmm. to people quite quite frequently, right? And so, yeah, that's definitely the case there. I would be walking around just being very conscious of pockets if I'm in a touristy area or somewhere sort of, you know, in closer pro proximity to people because they are they're great at what they do. You know? <laughs> that's their uh, profession. They, oh, I was just talking yeah. to someone at dinner last night here in Cape Town too. And he was saying in Barcelona, he was like, I got pickpocketed. My phone was like tucked in tightly in my front pocket of my jeans. He's like, I don't know how they did it. But, impressive. Um, it is. They're impressive yeah. pickpocketers. But yeah, I think I also the theme with this is, uh, sorry, Jeff, I cut you off. But like when you guys say opportunistic theft, right? Like there's different levels of varying safety of mm -hmm. what you're what you're finding. So if something like this is like your phone gets stolen or some money gets taken, it's, you know, I'd rather be in a place where I don't have to watch my belongings so closely all the time, but it's less of your physical life in danger or I don't know, yeah. actually getting hurt. So it's important to know that scale as well. Yeah. It's your belongings. That's opportunistic Absolutely. crimes. They're going to take your stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. I will add one note just so people have the lay of the land. I stayed in, I don't know how to pronounce this, a hample. E-I-X-A-M-P-L-E. -E. It's a small little neighborhood on the southern, like the southwestern side. That was probably the safest place I've felt. And then if you get into the Gothic Quarter, that's probably a, a little bit more touristy. Getting towards the beach, I expected to get pickpocketed there for what it's worth. And I think it's La Rambla is the big street, right? Is and that that's how you pronounce that? What, what do you, you go a little rambler? I spelled it out. I don't know. That's, that's the best I can do for you. All right, Jeff, you lucked out because Diego's Wi-Fi froze for a second as he was trying to correct your, your Spanish. So you got saved by Wi-Fi. And we're going to move on from Barcelona. The next two I'm going to cover quickly are Lisbon. So I've spent three weeks there, not quite the month. And I generally felt really safe. There's times like everywhere where you're walking alone at night. It is a big city. There's certain neighborhoods to be careful of. But overall, it's a digital nomad hotspot for a reason. A lot of people like to settle down there and it feels really safe in general. Yeah, just a good place. Europe in general, as you're going to find, especially European cities. Again, it's more of that opportunistic like theft, not so much danger. I have heard a story of someone's house getting broken into a nomad friend of mine, but I don't know. I felt pretty safe. And then Bengsko, I'm going to add that one. Bulgaria, I have not spent time all over the rest of the country, but Bengsko is a little ski town. I did a whole episode on it if you're interested in it, but there's times at night it gets a little bit sleepy in the summer. So maybe after midnight, there's times where I might've been a little on edge walking around. But for the most part, like especially during the day, I felt really safe. I would go hiking on my own into the woods. Yeah, it's just a cute little town where it felt really good and there's a lot of nomads around. So that's Europe. Again, if you want to just hop into cities in Europe, there's a ton of safe countries, safe places in general. But that's our, our nomad suggestions for the day. Next, 
We're going to move on to Africa. We're going to start with Mauritius, which Diego and I just spent a little over a month there. And I'll let you start, Diego, and I can chime in and add anything there. Yeah, Mauritius Mauritius is awesome. It's a really cool island, just very, very lush off the coast of of Africa, a bit further south than I thought when we were there and I kind of checked out Google Maps. I was like, oh, this is where we are. But yeah, really, really cool spot. You're going to need a car to get around in general. So that itself kind of makes it a little bit easier unless you don't enjoy driving on the wrong side of the road. Yes, I am taking sides here. So that's the left side of the road that you have to drive on there. But apart from that, it, it felt, yeah, it felt super, super safe to go around. It, it didn't really feel like there was going to be much crime in, in the area that we were at. We hadn't really heard of any, of any stories of any of those those problems. We did have somebody from, from our group of again, 20, 20, 20 something people there who had spent, oh, I think like five months living there and really connecting with locals, like really being plugged into the whole scene. Yeah. She had nothing. She had no concerns about, about anything there either. And actually was like, you know, fully living with, with locals. So she, she wasn't worried about that. Yeah. So I'd say very, very safe place, especially if you want sort of like a taste of Africa, more on the, more on the kind of like tropical side of it. Uh, it's a really cool destination to try out. Yeah, definitely felt more Caribbean, but yeah, the local people there are just so amazing. We had a dog, we, there was those wild dogs near where we were staying. So again, we back took to one dogs. person there who had a dog mm-hmm. bite. Apparently this is back to dogs. Who knew that this, that the theme of the episode would be? So just be mindful of dogs when you're traveling. I love the dogs, but they were a little dangerous there. I will say they were very territorial, but anyway, yeah, it's a place it's hard because you do need a car. It's not a super walkable place to live in general. So there were sometimes if we we're at a cafe or out at night, we were probably 20 minutes from our house that I wouldn't have wanted to walk home by myself. Like maybe I would have, but I definitely would have preferred not to. But even during the day, I didn't love that walk in general, not because it was unsafe. It just wasn't the best walk. So, you know, you kind of have to go on a highway a little bit or not a busy road. So really that's one where you just kind of have to have a car, take a taxi, which are hard to come by sometimes. But overall, I never felt, never, ever felt unsafe there. So that is a good one. And then I'm going to kick it back to you. Oh, do you have anything else with Mauritius, Diego? No, the only thing I was going to say is just, I want to say hurricanes, but that's the wrong term for these. Basically tropical cyclones. Cyclones. There we go. That is more likely to cause any issues, (laughs) if anything at all. We sat through. So true. So true. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. One and a half. I also learned while we were there that cyclones, hurricanes, and what was the other one? I'm forgetting the name of it. Anyway, they're all the same thing. It just depends on which ocean it starts in. Which and they I had turn the other before. way around, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, so it's like the direction of the wind and that sort of thing. But yeah, I guess that is a good point. It might be more of like your physical danger from storms and wind and things falling Typho- than someone hurting typhoon? you. Typhoon. Thank you. Yes. Who knew those were just all the exact same thing when you learn, learn stuff when you travel, but yeah, good point of natural disasters could be safety issues as well. So avoid hurricane season because we lived through, it didn't end up coming to us, but it was supposed to. And then we were supposed to have a second cyclone while we were there and, and then we didn't. So lucked out, but Dahab Egypt is next on our list here. This might surprise a lot of people because Egypt is not normally the connotation is not safest, friendly, walkable sort of places. So Diego, fill us in on Dahab. Yeah, that's actually really why I want to talk about it, because I find it this this is where we, we can really help out, I guess, because we have the chance to kind of like explore these specific areas. Again, go there with a large group of people. We were here just at the start of this this year, again, about 20 or so of us. And Dahab is, it's a, I would say it's kind of like the the new 
the new touristy hipster diving destination of Egypt. So it's kind of up and coming. It's close to Sharm el Sheikh, but Sharm el Sheikh is kind of this this city that or this 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 tourist town that existed, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 years ago, blew up then. And then suddenly just because of terrorism, terrorism attacks, I think also something to do with a plane that that exploded a while back, they just lost all of their tourism. And then as sort of that that stuff got, yeah, it, it just became less of a of a problem that was dealt with. And, and as tourism started to come back, they kind of went to a new area. And this area in, in Dab, it's so, so interesting because you can walk down the, the road, you can just feel like everything is, is really easy to access and you don't feel afraid of walking, even if you're walking there late at night, right? So from the, in that regard, that was great. The only caveat I would maybe say in terms of safety in Dab is just, there is obviously a strong hustle, the, the classic sort of tourists walking down the street, let me try to sell something to them. And we did find on occasion that if you give into that hustle, walk into a store, the person can actually get pushy and actually to the point of being a little bit aggressive. So that's just one one thing to watch out for. But honestly, otherwise, it, it was a very, very safe place to be. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Some places, especially some of those Middle Eastern cultures of just haggling and trying to get you to buy, it's like not unsafe, but it can wear you down over time of having to say no and and turn that down. And those were actually the only two countries that we have on the list of Africa for these sort of safe nomad hotspots. And Africa, so I'm in Cape Town right now. It's actually one of the places I've been most on guard really anywhere I've ever traveled, mostly from what everyone has said to me of like, you literally can't drive alone or sorry, you can't like walk alone at night, take an Uber if it's two blocks because someone will steal your phone, will take that. Like it's, it's kind of crazy and I really don't like it. Yeah. It's been interesting. And a lot of these places, you know, it's totally safe to walk around during the day. I love Africa, which again, I just spent the last almost month in Namibia. It's one of my favorite countries I've ever been to and spent time with the adventures, but it's maybe not a place you'd walk around in the city alone at night or, you know, go hiking by yourself. We have some things that have happened, but it's hard. The continent of Africa is just harder as a nomad hotspot because it's not, there aren't as many nomad communities. There aren't as many of these kind of tried and true places. But if you're an adventurous traveler, please don't let that stop you from traveling to Africa. You know, we'll talk about maybe some other places and countries and adventures to go on in this continent at some point, because really like some of the people are just the most amazing people, but those are really the only two nomad hubs at this time that I would say feel like entry level sort of safety places. But I hope that will change soon because there's so many amazing places to add. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that. Now that's that's super on point. I mean, even now in Namibia, we had an incident right at the start of this chapter that made everybody feel generally less less as well. Other other than that, this I would say that Namibia feels safer than than South Africa. I have yeah. a similar feeling as you had. I mean, even when you're going on hikes in South Africa, there's signs that say don't go here unless you're minimum four people. You know, like there's there's all like even for a hike, right? It means that if you're there with yeah. your partner, for example, you can't even go on a on a hike because you have to have to watch out for those things. And and it really did. Turn us off from, from doing some of those hikes, right? Don't leave your car in this area because it's going to get broken and things are going to get taken out. Like those are those are things that aren't just like people kind of like telling you. There's a sign there, right? Like the police said, this is the only <laughs> way that we're going to control this. Yeah, and it's real. There's so many examples of it. So, all right, from there we're going to move on to Asia in the last minutes of this episode, and Asia as a whole, Southeast Asia. There's a reason that 
it's a backpacking circuit and a lot of digital nomad hotspots. I feel like we could go on and on about some amazing, amazing places to be and visit that are safe, but we're just going to hit a couple of the most popular ones just for, for this episode. So our beloved Bali, <laughs> which I think I'm going back to in a couple of weeks. I'm super pumped. Diego, I'll kick it over to you to start with Bali. And there are some caveats of the opportunistic theft for sure, but tell us about safety of Bali. Yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time pitching Bali because it's amazing, perfect, job done, right? <laughs> the only caveat in terms of the experience there is getting very touristy, right? And you're going to have to go out a little bit further to get a non-touristy yeah. experience. So that's that's talking about what Bali actually is. In terms of safety, there's maybe uh, two slash three things to be aware of from my perspective. One is uh, the classic safety concerns. There primarily, it seems to be people trying to snatch your bags from you while you're driving on a scooter. Actually, it's a really big concern because yeah. you're not going to lose your stuff. You're going to, you know, fall off your scooter. And we've heard stories of people really getting, getting, you know, badly hurt with that. So that's, that's definitely one to watch out for being in, in, a, in a specific area there as well. Uh, so just the general, like kind of busy town of Denpasar, I would, I, I would avoid that at night or being there on your own. Like th- those are areas that I could, I just be a little bit more careful of, right? Apart from that, uh, actually, there's, there's four things. Second one I'll mention is, Five things. Wow, there's a lot coming to my mind. All I mentioned is the um, issues with. So there are ATMs. That's been a massive issue when we were there. ATMs that basically just like yeah ended up charge overcharging you, or later on you had massive charges. Sometimes even two months later. So be really careful with where you're using your card. My personal recommendation is choose one ATM. Ask around. Ask the local community which one is safe, and then just always go back to the same one, and that becomes your default because you're just reducing the amount of risk that you're taking on just spreading your, you know, your your ATM runs. Question: yeah. how, does, how does that work? What 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 exactly is is happening when they're they're card scamming? And how would you uh, well, how would I, you know? Skimming, right? Yeah, you, you don't. That's the thing. Uh-huh. You'll go to I mean, there's you, you can watch YouTube tutorials on like how to try to figure out whether the machine has been tampered with, and it's things like kind of shaking the part where you put the card in. If that feels loose, then there's a good chance. Or if it looks a piece that's been added on top that doesn't huh. look like it's part of the machine, that's one of the things. If there's a little camera somewhere that can see what you're, the code that you're typing, right? There's there's things like that that they'll do because it's usually not the hmm. machine itself. It's a little thing that, that people add on top of that. But, you know, they're getting more sophisticated as we move along as well. So I wouldn't purely rely on that. I do that. I always like shake the thing, check for check for cameras and kind of like cover. Yeah, right? So these are... These are basic hmm. uh, little bits of advice. Jeff looks see. shocked by this information. <laughs> welcome, to <laughs> the Jeff, welcome to the world. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I've obviously I've, I've heard of it, but um, safety tips. I for don't Jeff. know. Yeah, I don't know what the technology is. I'm always fascinated by technology. Yeah. Like even if it is for nefarious purposes, I just <laughs> I want to get an understanding of the technology that they're using. Like because obviously so, they're sneaking the into these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out for it's me. Like right? On top That's of ATMs, they'll kind of they'll add like a little thing. So safety tip: no matter where in the world you travel, like when you put your money into an ATM, you want to like that will it's usually green. Like you want to it looks like a duck bill almost. You want to almost like pull it and make sure it's like the main thing that's attached there. And I always will try to use ATMs that are inside kind of locked places, like Buildings. not something that's yeah, outside twenty four seven where people have a chance to do stuff. Yeah, things like yeah. that. Those um, are great but, spots for it. Uh, yeah. Onward so was, number, that was number two of Bali. Two, what two, else was on your two Bali of five. list? <laughs> Let's see if I remember Jeez. all five at this point. But the third one is is corrupt police. You will mm-hmm. very likely get stopped there as you're, as you're driving a scooter. Uh, that's actually the fourth one. I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, corrupt police <laughs> um, trying to basically charge you 
And so that, there you should probably have a certain amount of money in your, in your pocket that you're willing to, to give in, in that kind of situation. I think roughly, I, I reckon probably $50 worth of local currency should be, should be enough. Um, but sometimes they can be really pushy and say, you know, they're, they're expecting more and, and really try to get you to, to take, to take out more and, and give them that. So caution with that one as well. The best way about it, the official way about it is to actually get an international driver's license and that allows you to drive a scooter there. That leads me on to point number four, driving a scooter. In Bali isn't exactly the safest thing, but it is, it is hella fun. So definitely do it. But yeah, get your, do, do some scooter driving lessons. We've uh, heard of a lot of people who have, I know of a lot of people who have fallen. My girlfriend herself ran into a wall with a scooter. So there's, there's all going to be all of these kind of stories. Don't worry, guys. I was safe. I hopped off before we hit the wall. Yeah. Oh and that God. brings me on quickly to, to point number five is probably actually animals. Going back to, to Ravis Hill dogs. Bats. I got. I got bit Monkeys. by a bat there. Monkeys. You got bit by a exactly. bat. Oh, yeah. You got and, bit and, by a bat there. Why and, have I never heard this? Yeah. I, guys, we don't spend enough time together. Take, take thirty captivity. seconds. 30 yeah. seconds. No, I mean we were. So we were going to this like. It wasn't really a zoo. It was like a makeshift zoo. It was like oh. a, a dude who had animals who was keeping animals. And there was one of these massive bats. The ones that we saw in, in Mauritius as well. It looked very similar. It was just oh, yeah, huge. they were huge. Yeah. So he he like the bats. I guess hanging there and he just takes it on his on his arm and then you know passes it on to one of us it starts to hang on to your arm you're like oh how cute you move a little it gets grumpy because you just woke it up and it bites you right so that it's not you know <laughs> not too not too much to do, except i probably should have had my arabia shots i didn't i found out that you can also check if the animal um dies soon after it bites you apparently research those guys don't just trust my word for it but Apparently, if the animal dies, it means that they had rabies because they died within a short period of time of biting you. And they can only transfer rabies to you if they actually were close to the moment where they would die. So when rabies is active with them. So that's another way to ensure that you're going to be okay. That's why sometimes people say, do you know the dog? Do you know the owner? Can you check that the dog is still okay? Basically, right? Anyway, yeah, big caveat, but a little little bit of info. How about you, Musa? Nice. I got I got bit by a monkey there as well. Jeff and I talked this about on our uh, health or safety episode, if you want to refer back to it. But I did have to get rabies shots also. So yeah, I guess most danger we've all been in is like animals here. But, is rabies apparently. Yeah, overall, I think <laughs> rabies. Rabies is put your life. And that is a very dangerous thing should it happen. So quickly at the end here, Hanoi is another super safe destination in Vietnam. Vietnam generally feels pretty safe. I have only spent a short amount of time here. I haven't lived extended as a nomad. But definitely Vietnam has so much to offer and it's a great busy busy town that will be fun for the Vietnamese lifestyle. And then Copenhagen. This is actually one in Thailand. I've been a bunch of places in Thailand. Diego covered Chiang Mai. I have not spent time on this island. I've heard it will be one of my favorite places when I get there, but overall just kind of a super safe, sort of like Bali esque Porto Escondido sort of feel, just small island, beach town life, riding a scooter around. But Thailand in general is pretty safe. They have so many rules against theft and safety. So overall, really good. Anything else to add here? No, no. We just got our wires just a little bit with the, the cutting in and out. Um, I didn't get the chance to talk about Chiang Mai yet, but now is a, is a good opportunity to cover that real brief. So we were there probably about four years ago and yeah, no, four or five years ago. We've been there now twice with a group. It is it really, it's a place that feels really, really safe in terms of walking around at night, being in the different areas. It's it's a big digital nomad destination in general, a bit of a hotspot. So there's a strong digital nomad community there too, which again, just means that you can quickly find a group of people and just feel like you're not 
doing everything alone. Yeah. Apart from that, like even, even driving your scooter around, which yeah, I, I would recommend for there too, is easier than in Bali. It's a lot more organized, not as, as messy, not as chaotic uh, when it comes to that. So yeah, no, no real reason to, to Chiang Mai from my perspective, it's, apart from the spicy food, maybe you've got to kind of warm up. <laughs> Yeah, Thailand is really safe for travelers. They've got so many strict rules by their government that are punishable for even like stealing a dollar. So it does, people will leave their phones out. People, it just, it is a, a safe country in general and pretty safe to travel around. Of course, anything can happen anywhere. But that is our episode. We just packed in so much information about so many locations. I really hope you guys all enjoyed this chat about the specifics of digital nomad safety. And as always, if you're ready to get remote jobs, start traveling the world, check out beachcommute.com slash 91 for a list of remote jobs that people are doing while traveling to all these amazing destinations. And I think that's it for today, guys. Thanks for chatting. Thanks for chatting.